This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I'm delighted to welcome Henry DeCio to the show. Henry will talk about systems of empathy and the new physics of leadership. Henry, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on today. Hi, thank you, Carolyn. So your book is all about change and how we can be change makers in this new physics of leadership. And you call it a world of explosive change. So let's go back a little bit. What prompted you to write this new book? Well, so it was a discovery from my days as the COO of the Obama campaign. And I, I call campaign headquarters my laboratory for, for a management discovery. And in fact, it was a discovery about leadership. As we grew up siloed, I guess, hierarchical as you would to try to catch up with the demand uh, of the moment after he'd announced. Um, over time, what we found was that system didn't suit uh, the, 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 the nature of change that was happening in the organization as, 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 as change started to pick up, the pace of change started to pick up and, and, and uh, so solutions couldn't keep up uh, with the change, we had to open up the organization so that everyone would step into their leadership. And when we did, we had two models that evolved uh, side by side. One was the early model of one leader at a time the other was everyone leading in every moment. And there was, a, there was a rule, there was a particular rule that I now call the changemaker effect that I discovered, which is that uh, when everyone leads, everyone makes change because that's what leaders do. Uh, and, if, and if everything you change changes everything and everyone is doing it, then you are in a system of explosive omnidirectional change, which is the polar opposite of that linearly faster change that we that we've made for generations in our silos. And so as I came out into the world, I realized uh, that my management discovery in campaign headquarters was actually the way the world works now too. And the physics of leadership, the way we live, lead, uh, the way we form team, we, we, the way we solve problems, none of the ways of working in the old game work in this new game. You know, it's so interesting that you say that. It, it is a new game. And what I see very consistently coming to the surface is how critical empathy is for leaders and teams. Tell me more about that, because you write about this in the book. So clearly, there's a thread to pull here. Yeah, there's two threads, actually. In the campaign, when we grew from, in the in, in the first 16 months, we grew from about 100 of us to, to 2,000. But in the last 16 weeks, we would go from 2,000 to 6,000 people, and from you know about 40 million a month to 100 million a month. I just didn't understand how this everyone you know everyone leading in every moment organization could swallow 4,000 more people and stay you know and stay together. And so what I realized was that um, you know rule makers just can't keep. I was the rule maker, and we can't keep up with that kind of change. So what we did was we arranged so that our teams. Uh, could receive people and help them understand the way we did business, the way we did things, and the receiving people would also be able to do that. And what happened was uh, we didn't have any rogue behavior in those last weeks. And that's because when everyone is a leader, everyone is a stakeholder. And when everyone is a stakeholder, everyone is a steward. And you're relying on empathy, empathy-based leadership, empathy-based actions 
to uh, to govern uh, how the org- that's the cornerstone for how the organization works. And now, as the world is highly inter- you know uh, interactive, and we have uh, uh, we have rulemakers not being able to keep up with the pace of change, it's going empathy and empathy based leadership is the cornerstone for how we have to live and work together in our new future. So let's break that down. How how do we create these systems of empathy and how might you describe uh, an empathetic leader? Well, for one thing at work, it's not the old leader that had 2020 vision and pointed the way and everyone would follow. In this new way of working, everyone has to be, everyone has to step into their leadership from their position. No one can be passive. Uh, and so that's a that's a when we think of the old way of, of working, it was one person big, everyone else small in any moment. In this new way of working, everyone has to step into their bigness. Now, when it comes to systems to accommodate that, uh, we have to you know we have to understand that the new human DNA really is innovative mind, service heart, entrepreneurial spirit, and collaborative outlook. That's that's how we relate now in the world. And so now we have to build organizations that can accommodate. Uh, change makers. Um, and so, so that means that all of our systems and frameworks and mindsets, all the tools and skills that were built for the game of repetition, uh, those, those won't work in this new game of everyone a change maker. And so now we have to think about how to build empathy, how to build a 360 vision, not 2020 vision, how to build collaborative teams, not functional teams, uh, how to run our organizations, whether that's in our community or households or at work, on values, not vision. Those are all, now we have a new set of factors that are coming into play in everything we do. You know, I love how you talk in the book about how the most highly effective change makers are in every part of our our world. For example, professionals and the organizations, but parents and teachers were we're trying to build and create these fully contributing citizens to use your words. So, how about our kids, right? How are we going to focus on preparing them for the future with this model? Well, I love that you've brought this up because uh, while these have been really, really difficult times this last year, the year and few months around the pandemic, we've been talking about our kids uh, as if they have, uh, as this, as if this is becoming a lost generation. And uh, again, being totally uh, sympathetic to the challenges of young people today, I actually take a very different view. Um, I see a, a, a cohort that is learning empathy. They are learning how to work nimbly. They have, you know, they have been at school. They have been at home. They have had a boss on their screen, their teachers. They've had one over their shoulders as now we've become more involved in their education as parents. Um, they are learning how to incubate and uh, survive and build um, and persevere in a pandemic. I think this is going to, uh, over time, we're going to find out that this is the resilient generation and that the tools and skills that they are developing now are just what our workforce is going to need in, in a future where the business strategic landscape, the global strategic landscape is going, where, where change will be the only constant uh, on our landscape of the future. So I'm very, I'm very uh, optimistic about young people. I would also say this, when I looked at the world's leading change makers from history you know, Florence Nightingale, Abraham Lincoln, current day change makers. What I found was that they have these very same qualities, empathy, the ability to come together around problems and opportunities, 
the ability to have agency and step into their leadership, not be passive, and to put their change-making capacities to work for the good of all, which I love the values of our younger generation. So I think that we're going to find that uh, they've been well-prepared for the world that, uh, that, that, that awaits us. That's exciting. And I feel like we can learn so much from them. You're right. They've been so nimble and agile and some of them have just not missed a beat, right? They're, they're moving forward and they've adapted. Henry, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So Henry, I want to come back because you've coined this gorgeous term, change maker effect, to describe the world of explosive change. So help us understand what that means and and how it will affect us. Yeah, well, again, so it goes back to that, to my laboratory where I saw that uh, this rule in, in, uh, in play, if everything you change changes everything and everyone is doing it, then you're in an everyone a change maker system. And that the, the nature of change is very different here. Now, you know, uh, uh, in that old linear system where you got a skill and took that skill inside four walls for life and sort of repeated that specialized skill faster and faster, that made change linearly faster. But now we have a new kind of change. When I came out of the White House and I looked around, what I saw was rising individual agency, the tools at our fingertips, that were once available to the to, to the few. Now, now all of us have a printing press at our fingertips. We can be broadcasters in a moment. We can create content, uh, move that content into our networks. We have um, we can be first responders. We are first. We are in the first responder equation. When I was a kid, you'd put a coin in the phone and wait for someone to show up and solve the problem. Now we are part of that equation. So as we now move into this world of dynamic disruptive change. We're all working across those old silo boundaries uh, to solve problems and and create opportunities. So it's just now a matter of figuring out the new playbook for that, because the old playbook won't work for this new game. And I think we're still learning together. And I think it's a little messy as we go through this, obviously. Messy can be good, though, right? The outcome can be extraordinary. I hear you loud and clearly on that. And and I want to hearken back because, again, um, you mentioned that our our kids, uh, thinking about the K-12 kids, navigated through this pandemic journey so beautifully. But it seems that millennials and Gen Zs are also uniquely suited to this fast change. So what about the older folks, the the Gen X and the baby boomers? Is it too late for them to embrace this kind of uh, wholesale change? Well, I think the key for all of us, uh, I think there's one common, look, I agree with you that the rising generations have been wired for change and they understand the technology of the moment so they can they can navigate on on some level more skillfully than than others of us. And on the other hand, 
we also see that this is the same generation, uh, the younger gen- rising generations have also been given that old playbook that we've passed on from generation to generation, which is sort of, you know, get a skill, stay inside your lane, uh, you know, all this, you know, take that skill inside four walls for life, execute it until you retire. So we are, you know, we have some, uh, we have some unpacking to do. And what I really focus on with people is the new game. What exactly, see the change that's really happening. And I describe a football player, you probably remember in the book, uh, the football player who charges out on the field with his heavy gear and the, you know, the helmet and the whole thing, and then finds out that the other players don't have that same heavy gear. They chase after a very different football that skips out a, spins out a black and white pattern. And now that football player is in a new game and he's gonna have to take off that heavy gear work those different muscles. He's going to have to bring new players onto the team to help him learn how to play. And he's going to have to bring his old team along, but he's also going to need to know how to score differently. He's going to need to know the new rules and he's going to have to have a new playbook. And I think the one thing that we share with Gen Z and, uh, and millennials is that they too don't understand that the game has changed. They may see a game uh, and they may under- they may not understand why the rest of us are playing this other game, but we I don't think it's clear for us the change that's happening around us like it is for my football player, and I think that's what's complicating everything. You know, so a particular note that I that I dog eared and circled in the book is your words: change making is the new literacy. I mean, I mm. literally just had to take a breath of air there. And you write about this innovative mind and a service heart and an entrepreneurial spirit and this collaborative outlook as being part of a new national DNA. Mm. So how do we how do we get there? Right? Is this something that we need to incorporate into our curriculums? Is this part of our civic responsibility? All of the above how do we get there yeah right so when i when i looked at change makers past again i saw empathy a new kind of teamwork collaborative co-creative teamwork uh everyone stepping into their leadership no one can be passive and change making put to work for the good of all that that was a that was a formula empathy teamwork new leadership change making that was a, th- a, a theme throughout all the world leading social entrepreneurs and change makers that i had gotten to know so then the question is, yeah, what do we do? Well, as a parent, I start particularly in those years from zero to seven, I was really, really conscious that my children had to develop that empathy muscle because they're going to have to have it for this new world. I didn't really. I had to have a skill and enough empathy to get along with other people. But this is a foundational uh, skill for, for my kids. So that was, as a parent, that's where I started. As a business person, I look at how to build a learning environment for my staff. How do we lean into our values less than our vision even? How do we build a learning environment so that we don't, we're not afraid to fail, but we also have to build it, you know, we also have to uh, mitigate against, uh, too, you know, too much failure, right? We've got to learn and we've also got to grow. And then as, uh, and then as a civic person, I try to look at how these new tools at my fingertips give me the ability for social response ability, three words. And how do I use that uh, to be a more contributing person in my community? And I think you can figure out different ways to take uh, different nuggets from the book and start putting them into practice immediately. So let's use one as an example. So I'm thinking through an organizational lens uh, with the everyone leads framework. Is there an ideal organizational system that would accommodate this? You know, I'm I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of the people listening saying, I like this. How do I bring this back to my organization? 
Sure. Well, you know, my campaign had a 21 year life in 21 months, right? We went through everything that a company goes through during that period, the ups, the downs, the, you know, we had a stock market crash at one point uh, when money stopped coming in. All those things are in play there. And then when you look at organizations that have longer histories, um, I think the, there's, there's one thing that, that my organization and organizations with longer trajectories have, and that is the business strategic landscape is fast moving now. We know that uh, the um, we know that uh, businesses are failing faster, startups are failing faster. We know that big brands, even with all their advantages, can just go away in a moment. And so the new KPI for any CEO is how many of our people are change makers, because you're going to have to be able to have a team of change makers. I, if I could say one thing to my football player, it would be your old functional team will lose the new game. And if I could say another thing, it would be your mindset, your old mindset might just be the thing that keeps your team out of the new game. And so CEOs and managers are going to have to be much more flexible. They're going to have to see this new strategic landscape, and they're going to have to define systems and, and metrics and ways of working very differently to score and play in this new game. Would you talk about fear of change versus hope in change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really just for me, it's just um, when you see the new game, I'm very confident that when people see this new game, that they'll be quite comfortable playing in it. We, I, we all identify to those four principles you talked about. When I go into a boardroom or I go in front of a, a big uh, you know, auditorium uh, filled with people or even a second grade class, which I've done, and I say service heart, uh, uh, innovative mind, service heart, entrepreneurial spirit, Collaborative Outlook, how many of you are that? All the hands go up. Yeah. And so now we are just, now it's just a matter of how do we learn to see and play in this new game? Once we see it, uh, uh, we'll play in it. But I think uh, when we don't see it, it's, there's, a, there's sort of a battle to sort of move forward and lean forward. And those who are trying to grab onto some, something that we know is, uh, that we've been able to rely on in our past but there's no going back to our past. This is a reality now. We've got to go forward. And when you see the new game, I'm very confident that uh, that people will be able to play in it. That's the least of our challenges. I think the biggest challenge is seeing the change. So for those that, that are pushing back or, or just don't quite get it yet, how do you mm. deal with that? Uh, look, I, I'm very, I, I think I had a very unique experience. So this is clear as can be for me. Uh, but I understand why this is a little bit of a mess. I think we need a global conversation about how to, you know, how to retool for the new world that we're entering, all the complexities that go with it. Um, but until we do, I'm very patient. I think that, you know, at work, uh, open up learning systems, help people. Look, this is the mindset that we've had for generations. It's not even in our lifetime. It's generations. So it's ingrained in us. And the first walls that need to come down, frankly, are the walls in our heads. And so um, how, you know, helping people see and play is exciting for me, but I'm also not, um, I'm not panicked when not everybody's rushing right into this new game. There are some who are going to go in faster and some will take it a little slower and it's fine. So Henry, if there's one thing that you hope readers would take away from, from this great new book, what's, what would that be? Uh, you know, look, I think the, the principle at work with the changemakers I got to know is that um, changemaking is very simply love and respect in action. It's, it's, that, it's that empathetic mindset 
the ability to see opportunities, pull, uh, I guess the new requisite skill now in this new game is to be able to tear down walls and bring two or more sides together that wouldn't otherwise connect. That's when innovation happens. And that is the secret to being a opening uh, fluid, open teams of teams, uh, integrated teams of teams that can come together around problems and opportunities. That's the advantage. That's the edge in the future. And the more of us that can get that, the more we'll be able to work through complicated stuff. Henry, I loved our conversation and I learned a great deal from you today. Thank you. Thank you. I want to tell our global audience about your book, Changemaker Playbook, The New Physics of Leadership in a World of Explosive Change by Henry DeCio. And of course, it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers. Henry, I wish you continued success. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. And if you like the show, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review because this will help new listeners find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you'd like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.